everyone, and welcome to Nerdy Boys Reviews. We are your hosts. I'm Nerdy Boy Christian. And I'm Nerdy Boy Chris. And this is Nerdy Boys Reviews, your nerd podcast where we talk about the latest and greatest and nerdy news and trending nerd topics. So, spoiler warning, if you haven't caught up on all that stuff, go catch up and join us again for the fun and explicit content warning. We're going to be cussing and stuff, so if that's not your forte, um, you know, whatever. Anyway, what's up, everybody? What's up, Scott? What's up, friend? How you been? Oh, you know, just living that life, man. Yeah, the life. You have a, you have a life the that life. you've been living. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> uh, what about you, my good friend? Yeah, same, same. You know, working, trying to progress in my career and stuff, and um, you know, just been adventuring around with the lady. So. Oh yes. Yeah, pretty much exact same. <laughs> Been trying to progress uh, in the culinary arts and whatnot, and yeah. just adventuring with my very pregnant girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Luckily, my girlfriend is not very pregnant, so um, I think I think it's a lot easier to adventure without a pregnant girlfriend. Not that you can't do mm-hmm. things with a pregnant girlfriend, but it's like. You know, there's a lot more things you have to consider. You know, sometimes the baby's resting on the bladder, and, you know, you don't want to do, like, long road trips and stuff. And, you know, most of the time, I think pregnant women just want to relax and chill out, so, which is good, too. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, we tried out this new food place. Uh, I, I don't know how to say the name, but it's uh, Ethiopian uh, food. Mm-hmm. We tried that out Friday night. It was pretty expensive, but it was like well worth it. It was really good. Nice. Yeah. Ethiopian food. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like it's, it's like <clears throat> pretty interesting because like you don't like you eat with your hands mm-hmm. and stuff, and there's like a lot of like basically most of the dishes are like in like a curry form or like a stew, like a meat stew form oh, of some neat. sort, and they have this like bread. Well, like, you scoop it with the bread, and you eat with your hands and stuff. Nice. And it's really cool. And I tried this, like, imported, like, Ethiopian beer. It was so fucking delicious. Like, it was really good. Ethiopian beer, <clears throat> huh? Yeah, it was, like, it was interesting, because, like, I've never really had beer that, like, enhanced the flavor of whatever I was eating. Isn't so, it like, the... that's exactly what that beer did. I was like, wow. I thought that was, like, why a lot of people to like kind of enhance the the flavor of like like people drink like beer and tacos together and stuff or like it's like a good combo and like pizza and beer is like is that true too well i mean there are certain like foods or whatever that are like they like you know pair well with it but like i've never like like drink beer and like literally had like the the flavors be enhanced in my mouth oh that's good, though. It's a very interesting experience. I was like, oh, wow. And, like, for, as I just, like, beer-wise, it was, like, super delicious, too. I was just like, wow. Nice. <laughs> I reviewed the hell out of them, gave them, like, five stars, and, like, it was just, like, going on and on about them. I was like, it's such a cool experience. And, like, mm-hmm. a lot of new flavors that, like, I've never tasted before, and it was a really great experience, you know? Nice. That's awesome. I, I tried something for the first time um, that was... What's that? Uh, well, I went to Sonic for the first time. 
Um, <laughs> oh boy, watch out, world. <laughs> um well so you know sonic is like it's kind of sporadic i mean it's in california but it's kind of sporadic you know here or there um and right. so i never tried it before um there's but, a lot of them in arizona yeah it, it gets pretty hyped um a lot of people love sonic um much like i mean it i don't think it gets as hyped as like in and out and chick-fil-a but like people yeah. people who love sonic, love is sonic. God overall. yeah so <laughs> i mean i i i I'm not gonna lie. Sonic is 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 like the most mediocre restaurant I've ever been to, as far as fast food is concerned. Like you said, what? It's 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 really mediocre for what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty trash. Like I had so it's like whatever. So I ordered like five different items on the menu just to give it a fair try, you know. And like the corn dog was okay, but I've had better corn dogs. Like you can buy corn dogs and deep fry them from the store and they're they're better to, in my opinion um the french toast sticks were actually pretty good but i'd still go to burger king and get the same french toast sticks or carl's jr when they had them or whatever you know um right. their breakfast sandwich i got like the toaster one it's like on the texas toast or whatever they must have added okay. like a whole jar of table salt to the egg because that shit it, it felt like i poured salt in my hand and licked it like, it is the saltiest shit I ever tasted in my life. And I'm friends with Matt Abero, and that's an inside joke for you guys who don't know. Um, uh, and then I also tried the mozzarella sticks, which were fine. I mean, my girlfriend had a, had a particular issue, um, a bone to pick with those mozzarella sticks, and it was that the cheese is not stringy enough, um, which I guess is a real issue in the mozzarella stick world. My, my biggest concern with mozzarella sticks is just that there's cheese in it, because, you know, I've had the experience of getting mozzarella sticks with no cheese in it, as we all know. Um, so right, they right. were fine. But they also have sweet tea, and I, everybody goes crazy over their, like, ice and stuff. I mean, the ice is fine. The, the sweet tea was good. I mean, I've had trash sweet tea, and it wasn't trash. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I give Sonic a solid D-. minus. <laughs> a um, D- minus, crazy. And this, okay, talk to me about a bone to pick with food right uh-huh go ahead real quick so i can go on my rant yes yes go ahead right yeah uh, oh my turn okay sorry <laughs> okay talking about a bone to pick with a restaurant there goes for you too but nobody should ever ever dine in or out with fucking mountain mike's pizza Oh yeah, I saw your. Uh, let me tell you a tweet. story. Let me tell. Let me tell you folks a story, right? So I ordered a pizza, not even for myself, for my pregnant girlfriend, craving pizza. That's all she wants in the world right now. She doesn't even want like my love or nothing. Dude. She just wants the pizza, right? So I'm like, all right, I got you. Like, so I order a pizza and have it delivered to her house. So upon delivery, the guy, like, okay, if, if you guys don't know, it's very customary for, like, when a pizza place delivers a pizza, they present the fucking pizza to you. This guy did not do that, but we're about to find out why. Mm. But first, my girl was like, oh, can I get some, like, Parmesan cheese and red peppers? I go, oh, okay. Goes to his car, hands her the pizza first. She opens the fucking box, dude. There was no fucking pizza stopper. And in case you guys don't know what the pizza stopper is, it's that little round miniature cable. That's a pizza stopper. 
In case you never knew what the fuck that was for, this is for what it's for. It's so the pizza does not get stuck on the top of the fucking box. That is true, yes. Yeah, it kind of looks like one of those literally cheap... Literally, the uh, entire topping of the pizza was ripped off the fucking pizza and it was stuck on the roof of the fucking box, dude. Geez. And this is 8.30 at night, and they close at 9 o'clock, right? So she tried to get them to get another pizza. They're like, no, we're not going to do that. Like, we're about to close in 30 minutes. But the place is like a 10-minute drive. Like, there's plenty of time for you guys to get another pizza and get it sent out. Like, what the fuck, dude? So then I got involved. And, like, I was really pissed off because they were, like, they were trying to tell her at first. They're, like, well, uh, we can give you 20% off your, on your next pizza or whatever. Or, like, well, this pizza is unedible. Oh, oh, and the pizza was cold, by the way. Oh, jeez. So it wasn't even, like, like the pizza wasn't even salvageable in the first place. And then on top of that, it's cold. So at this point, I'm really pissed off. Dude. And at first, I told her, oh, we can give you 20%. She's, like, what the fuck? No. And then she's, like... They're like, and then the guy calls uh, the, the, the place because he's just the delivery boy. And was like, okay, well, this is the case, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, okay, we can give you 50% off. And that's when my girlfriend called me. And I was fucking raising, so then I called them. And by the way, all this cost 40 fucking dollars, by the way. Oh, God. For one large pizza and a fucking two-liter soda. Really? Mountain Mike is the most over-fucking-priced pizza, dude, ever. They're so overpriced, and they're so underwhelming, too. Like, they're not even, like, a great pizza place. It just happens to be a pizza place around my girlfriend's house. Yeah. The only reason and I ever go to Mountain Mike's is just for, like, the cheap buffet. Dude, it, it, it's fucking horrible, bro. It, literally, the pizza quality is not great in the first place. Their customer service is fucking awful, dude. And then, so, on top of this, so, all right, I call... And I'm fucking like raving, dude. I'm just like, what the fuck do you need 50% off? Like, I just spent 40 fucking dollars here. And you guys aren't going to, like, I was like, dude, give me my money back then. And he's like, well, I would need a manager to do that. And she's not here right now. I was like, all right, well, what the fuck she can do there? Try calling the next day. Now I answer, uh, the manager still wasn't there. Try the next day. The manager still wasn't there. Third day, they finally called me back. And then, like, she's, like, trying to find out what happened or whatever. And I was like, look, I just want my money back. Like, this is bullshit, dude. Right. And they're like, well, because we're a franchise, uh, our system doesn't allow us to issue refunds uh, previous days ago or whatever. And that was, I thought, was utter bullshit, dude. <laughs> and yeah. so, at this point, I'm just, like, fucking, like, seeing that, dude. I'm, like, so mad, dude. <laughs> And then, like, so they're like, well, we'll give you your next pizza for free. Just call up. We'll get you the pizza. So I was just, like, accepted the situation. I was just like, well, dude, if they're not going to give me my money back, like, what can I fucking do? Like, then <laughs> I was like, and then, like, at first I planned to call, like, corporate, but then I was just like, whatever, dude. I'll, I'll just take the free pizza. Right. Like, whatever. So then, like, fast forward, like, two weeks, right? <clears throat> I'm over at my girlfriend's house. We're hungry. I go, oh, well, let's just get the free pizza then. Yeah. Dude, I called them, and then they refused to fucking deliver us a pizza. Oh, God. Like, I'm not even kidding, dude. Like, they feel like legitimately like, no, we're not going to deliver to you because uh, the only way we can give you a free pizza is we have to input the, the coupon for it, and that's only for in-store pickup. Well, we can't, we can't deliver it to you. I was like, so you're telling me I paid a delivery fee already? 
for an unedible pizza, and you guys are refusing to fucking give me a new pizza? I was like, this is fucking ridiculous, dude. And I was like, fucking just like going off on this crazy dude. I was just like, oh man, <laughs> I was fucking raging. But then I fucking contact corporate at that point. I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. And then all their fucking grand solution. I wanted my money back, dude. Right. And they're fucking so good, dude. I will never go to Mountain Mice again, dude. Anybody thinking about it, they should heavily consider why I'm telling you not to go there. Like, one thing for me, I'm so big on customer service, dude. Like, seriously. Like, yeah. that is a fucking big thing for me. Like, I will not tip people if I feel like I, I receive bad customer service. But I, on the flip side, if I feel like it was like adequate or like, you know, whatever service. I'll tip, you know, but that's a different subject. Right. Anyways, I was like pissed off because like their grand solution was just to give me a free pizza and like they would have the delivery thing handled for me or whatever. But I'm just like, dude, they fought you late for all that bullshit, dude. I left them, I left them like the worst fucking review, dude. Mm. Like providing fucking picture proof of everything. Like, and I just hope that people who are, like, in the area, they're, like, looking at it. I hope they see it, and then they're just, like, so deterred from going there, dude. And yeah. to be honest, it's not even, like, the the, the first time uh, we, like, I've had, like, some sort of incident with mountain bikes. Like, it wasn't specifically me, but my grandma did. Mm-hmm. My grandma refused to go there anymore. But me not really listening to my grandma, like, whatever, grandma, like. They're probably just tripping. Like, but no, they're fucking terrible. <laughs> I would never, ever fucking... Honestly, dude, I'm all like... If you guys want to know a really good pizza place, though, it's Rico's Pizza off of, like, Northgate in North Sacramento. Mm. So, there's, a, there's a pizza place in West Sac called Marco's. Um, it's the only one around here. It's actually a chain from Ohio, and they have like it's not like Chicago Fire style Chicago pizza. It's the kind of Chicago pizza I like. It's not the ones like really really deep dish with all this fucking tomato shit on top. It's just like a real pizza with like <laughs> thick crust, like that's not like hard. It's like soft, beautifully cooked, like doughy thick crust. And I I went there and actually it's actually really good. So anybody if you're near yeah, West Side. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the same. Remember, like, back, like, our Evo days? Mm-hmm. Remember, like, when George used to get those, those really gigantic pizzas? Uh, like, a really gigantic one. Oh, I don't know. Maybe th- maybe this was after my time. Was I there still? Or? No, 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 no. It, it was during your time, but it was, like, like not, like, getting delivered to the shop, but, like, when we were at the house. Oh. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, I only went to their house like, like once or like, twice. This place is like, yeah, th- this place is like super known for like having like gigantic pizzas and shit like mm. that. So kind of cool. Okay. Yeah, I remember just we used to but, go to Little guys, Caesars and pick it up all the time. I know you guys might be thinking, "Wow, this is the most interesting food podcast I've ever listened to." <laughs> but this is not a food podcast. This is Nerdy Boys Reviews where we talk about all the nerdy crap. It is, but so, but with you, that being said, 
We will, we will. The, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, obviously, you know, is the Spider-Man news. And I know what you guys might be thinking. The Spider-Man news. I already heard about the Spider-Man news. Well, maybe you're thinking about the Spider-Man news we talked about last time. This is new Spider-Man news. And even if you know that story, there's more details and we have all those details. And there's a nice little twist to this story that I found or that I didn't find. Somebody actually sent to me. So we'll have to tie that in. But before that, I just want to tell you guys... Um, that the Sonic thing was the end to this trip I took to Reno. But beforehand, I actually went to McDonald's because I hadn't eaten all day, and they fucked up my order again um, because they hate me. And here's the thing, right? This is an ongoing joke. Scott loves to laugh at me because McDonald's, you know, we expect them to fuck up because, you know, whatever. But they always seem to fuck up my order. Like, if it's not the mozzarella sticks with no cheese, it's the... It's the uh, uh, what, uh, fucking, oh shit. Uh, sorry. Yeah, if it's not, the, if it's not that, then, then it's the fucking burgers, the, the plain, the plain double cheeseburgers that have no beef in them and only all the other crap. If it's not that, then it's the McGriddle that has no egg or cheese, but has bacon and sausage. Like, I don't really get it. But it's so funny, dude. Oh man! I I we it went me, me and my girlfriend. Yeah, me and my girlfriend stopped by McDonald's before we head out to Reno, and I ordered my regular two double cheeseburgers plain, and my girlfriend got a McDouble not plain. Right, so they give her her McDouble not plain. They give me two McDoubles with fucking ketchup. <laughs> I was so angry. Oh, Wendy's. Oh my God. Jesus. Yeah, that was. Wendy's burger. My girlfriend said the same thing because I, I was, I was like, whatever. Everything like everything that ensued. Everything that ensued in that story, though, was not. No, no. We can laugh about it now. Yeah. Yeah. But But, at the time, it was a, it was, it was kind of a tragic uh, (laughs) night. (laughs) You saw the light flash before your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway, let's let's just get into the news then. This is the NBR News live from the NBR in home studio. Alrighty, so um, first bit of news, we're going to talk about some Star Wars news, Um, because you know Star Wars is back in the news, because well, first of all, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, has been talking a lot, but first of all, Kevin Feige, apparently, you know, Kevin Feige, producer of all the MCU films and everything else, is apparently developing a Star Wars film with Kathleen Kennedy. Um, in the news, I mean, it, in a statement, it says, We are excited about the projects Kathy and the Lucasfilm team are working on, not only in terms of Star Wars, but also Indiana Jones and reaching into other parts of the company, including Children of Blood and Bone with Emma Watts and Fox. Uh, with the close of the Skywalker saga, Kathy is pursuing a new era in Star Wars storytelling and knowing what a diehard fan Kevin is, it made sense for the two uh, extraordinary producers to work on a Star Wars film together. Sure, whatever. Um, 
actually the most interesting part about this news is when it broke, everybody said, this is why the deal didn't go for Spider-Man because Kevin Feige is going to be doing Star Wars. And I'm just like, geez, people are really that stupid to really think that, aren't they? But um, (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Feige can balance a lot of things. He's balanced the entire MCU for 10 plus years, guys. He can handle a Star Wars project as well. Trust me. So... Uh, what do you think? Right. Are you excited and, for Kevin let's Feige? Be honest, dude. Let, let's be honest, everyone. Kevin Feige is a big picture guy. True. If you guys have ever seen The Office. In Mr. Fulmancy, Kevin Feige is Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a big picture uh, guy, right? Uh, sure. Am I yeah. right or am I right? Come sure, on. Like, sure. Let's be honest. He's not like in every little detail. I mean, like he's in a lot of the details. In like, the overall, like, Grand scheme of things. Yeah, Kevin Feige. But like, he's not like. Come on, he's not the reason he lost Feige. Like, people are so stupid. Kevin Feige is the guy who paints the picture and tells someone else to bring it to life. He 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 gives you the outline and lets you fill in the details. You know. So. Exactly. The details. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, what do you think? Are, you think Kevin Feige would do a great Star Wars film, or you don't really care? You uninterested? I think he would. I think I think if given. A blank canvas. I think he could do something more. Like, let him go into the old republic and stuff like that. Like, I actually, Kevin Feige might actually be like the ideal choice to go, to like explore like the old republic stuff. Like, just like, obviously, look at his body of work, right? He, he was able to put together this insane like catalog of films that like tied them together, and, and it was it was fantastic. It's been such a great journey. Yeah. So, what makes you think that he doesn't have the same capabilities of Star Wars? Like, do you really think that he hasn't? He's not like a fucking like a super nerd when it comes to Star Wars. Like, let's be honest. More than likely, he is. Yeah, of course. Yep. Um, like, he, I feel like he would know exactly what he's doing. He would be in development. For sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty excited for that. I mean. We'll see what happens, what develops, what the story is about. But you know, until then, it's kind of I'm, just. I'm, you know, fingers crossed. It's going to be Old Republic. Like I, I think the most thing, interesting thing is like I'm trying to get away from being so excited about the fact that the uh, the Skywalker saga is over. What I'm more interested, uh, like as like right now, is to see like to have a true like once it's over. Then I feel like I'll really be able to judge like how good these last ones have been, right. because then you can like watch them all like like in sequence, and then you could be like, okay, this one doesn't work. Yeah, you know this one, this one, this one. You know, initial thoughts is is, is fine, but you know when you're presented new information or you see something from a different like light, it's okay to change your opinions on subjects. Right. People are afraid to do that nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're presented people, with new people information. People love to just like, right, it's like, you know, that's like saying, I have this idea, and this is why I think it's going to work. And then somebody says, well, this is why it's not going to work. And then you're like, oh, well, I didn't think about that. Well, think of now. Let me rethink it. Yeah, yeah. Like the way I think you about know? it is like is like someone gets cast for mm-hmm. a movie that we're interested in, and then we're like, oh, but this actor, anything I've seen him in is kind of trash, you know. And then we're like, I don't oh. think he'll be very good. And then you go see the movie, and it's amazing. And then you're like, oh, well, I was, you know, I think it's amazing. And people are like, but you thought it was gonna be trash, dude. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I did. <laughs> but now I'm presented with new information, right? so. 
Um, there is one movie coming up I'm very excited for. What movie? Is it The Joker? Joker. Alright, yeah. when, when are you saying it? Um, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I think I'm going on Friday. On Friday? Yeah, like 4 o'clock. Oh, yeah, I don't get off. Mm. Until like 7 Boo. But. Rip, rip, rip yeah. I mean, uh, okay, so The Joker was a movie like I had pretty high hopes for, even though like I still think it's not really The Joker that much. But um, the last trailer I thought was actually. I, I could see the movie being really bad. Really bad. Well, the, I mean, I think it's 50 it's, 50, it's but I think. I feel like. The way people are talking about it is like making me a little bit more excited. Like it's like for once I'm being a little bit more open-minded to what everyone else is saying. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've been like so like this movie's so not necessary. Like I don't even care about this movie. But then now that everyone's saying it's like this grand film and watching Phoenix's like character defining and all this stuff like that, and like I'm just like, hmm, yeah, right, this that- might actually be a great film. To me, I don't know. It's like weird because I'm setting myself up for failure, and I fully admit that. <laughs> it's it's this weird dichotomy because it's like Warner Brothers when they did BVS and stuff. All the critics hated it, and Warner Brothers says, "Well, we don't make movies for critics. We make them for fans. We don't care what the critics say." And now they're doing this hard push to where critics need to support their films, like what's happening with the Joker. And they're like, "Look at the critics love it. You guys are gonna love it too." And it's like I feel like the, they they still don't know what their message is, and it's really like annoying to me. What just just that side of it? Talking about one brother. So you know how I know that my girlfriend is like the perfect girl for me, hmm. right? So since she's pregnant, she wakes up like throughout the night and stuff, and like she's sleeping on that. And uh, so like she always tried to wake me up at like five a.m. dude on Saturday, and I just wasn't having it. Dude. I was like, dude, I'm tired. Fuck this. I'm gonna like sleep. Like, I mean, I got up with her, like, while she was sick, but then I laid back down. Right. And then, like, you know, just went back to sleep. She wanted me to stay up with her. So I was, like, dude, I was, like, so tired. Mm. So then, like, I passed out for, like, however long. I wake up, dude, and I look up. It was, like, the worst fight I've ever seen in my oh, life, God. dude. <laughs> but she's, like, sitting there watching fucking BBS, and she's, oh, like, this no. movie's fucking trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, like, she's, like, uh-huh, I get why you don't like it. <laughs> it's fucking garbage. <laughs> like, yeah, I tried to tell you. <laughs> Dude, and, and what is... Like, it's novel. And I've seen people warring on Twitter. Like, I don't know why I'm just... Like, this is now going around Twitter, but, like, it's, like, fresh for me because I'm just catching up on The Flash and stuff. And so, like, you know, I just watched the Elseworlds crossover and, you know, the scene where, like, Lois shows up with, like, uh, I think it's Brainiac and stuff, and, like, she has the the hammer and shit. You know what I'm talking about? I think. She has, like, this big hammer uh, that she, like, uses, and, like, it, like, she's like, oh, I like you better in blue, and she, like, hits it, and the, super, the bad Superman goes flying. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I remember that thing. It's like making the rounds around Twitter, and like people are saying, like, this is the the like, what what is this from? And like the CW shows are fucking garbage and whatever. And I saw a couple people who said like, yeah, but this is still better than anything we've ever gotten in BVS or whatever. And other people are just like, dude, you're on crack. Like the CGI is so bad. And I'm just like, dude, who cares about good CGI if you have no storytelling ability and your movie makes no sense and your characters are terrible? Like right, yeah, exactly. 
It's like, yeah, dude, at times, like, there's some really cheesy, like, effects on fucking The Flash. Yeah, of course. But then, like, at times, there's fucking, like, it feels almost like groundbreaking effects, dude. It's just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. this is amazing. I mean, and even though... It's better than, I, I mean, okay, honestly, no offense, I love Smallville, but it's better than the fucking shit that they did when they just, like, had, like, uh, Hark using his super speed. Are they going to like this like little zoom mode where yeah. like everything's just like blurred in behind and stuff and like that just like how like and he's just like running like a normal ass person and shit. Right. And like they use that literally for every fucking time they use it. Like, you know, they never switch to that. Yeah, I mean there there's bad CGI in the CW shows. There's bad acting sometimes, there's corny moments sometimes, but like like the heart of the storytelling is usually always good. Like the the messages are always really good. Like I don't really get all that. Oh, oh, oh. you just wait till you get to the end of that season, you fucker. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, fight me, bro. Okay, so if you guys, if you guys, we have, don't talk about our Lord and Savior, the Flash. If you guys uh, haven't uh, been, you know, on Twitter, then you, if you have been on Twitter, you might be like, oh shit, there's a rift in the nerdy boy world because you know me and Scott were having a little uh, discussion on Twitter um, because I said that um, season five, episode eight of the flash is probably the best episode I've seen since season three. And I don't, and I think Scott thought I meant like that I hated season four or I thought it was trash or something, but in all honesty, like season four is just mediocre. Like there's nothing special about it from what I remember. Um, I, I didn't mean that it was bad or anything else was bad. I just mean like, this is like the first ten out of ten episode I can remember since season three. Does it make sense? Fair enough. Like what? Because you know, I, I like, mean, to be fair though, like I thought like the stuff with um, um, what's his name? Ralph. I forgot his name. The thinker. Yeah, Ralph. Oh, oh, oh Ralph. He's like he's so great, dude. Yeah, some of the stuff with like Ralph wonderful. is really good. Um, but I just mean I don't know, like. It's like there's so much to that story that was like it felt so I don't know it felt like the Flash more so to me than than what I remember like because I've been catching up and I'm like okay these episodes are good and then this episode I was like wow like you know I felt that like oh I love this shit you know again you know so it was like that's what it reminded me of and then uh, like yeah. I thought the crossover there, there, was there also are good. Times, there, there's one thing I had really trouble with in season five. Then I'll talk to you about once you're done watching that. Okay. Yeah, I I, I remember when there, we there's talked a specific, about there's a specific theme in there that really bugs me, dude. I remember like, I feel like I feel like you're gonna agree with me on this. Yeah, when when we talked about before, I had asked you like when you finished watching the season, you like, Oh yeah, it's really good, all this stuff and then I mentioned something about Iris and you're like, Oh yeah, if you if an iris annoys you you probably won't like it or something or something to that effect but when i watched that episode oh. like seeing Man, you should have made it to a certain point of iris by now seeing nora like kind of learn more about her mom through those past uh like sequences made me like like iris more does that make sense? Like when Nora's like seeing how she's like helping Barry and how they connect and everything, it made me like connect more with Iris as Nora's connecting more with Iris. Right. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, like I felt like annoyed is like 
just like her over eagerness in this season. Yeah. Like, yeah. like really annoying at times. Yeah. This, that's what I also wanted to ask you about is, like, I don't know if you saw the text message I sent you, but after the crossover episode, how do you feel about Tyler Hoechlin's Clark Kent or Superman? I mean, I like him. He's just not Tom Welling. <laughs> right. I remember, like, when he was like, initially cast, you were like, I, don't, I just think, like, it's one of those things for me. Like, I just, like, it would have to be a really great performance. Like, a really great performance as Superman. Because if you think about, like, I had 12 seasons to grow with this actor, you know? Right. Like, and, and watch him become, like, from a young man in high school and become Superman and stuff and yeah. and on screen how he epitomizes like Superman and like the ideals and stuff and like how like although effects aside and sometimes stories aside like at times it can be really cheesy but like I just feel like it got the heart of the character correctly and yeah. so like just for like that fact it's going to be hard for me to ever accept anybody else with Superman I think yeah like, yeah makes sense I thought like and then, a, like, on, on a certain point, too, I just feel like Tyler Hawkman, like, just doesn't really look like Superman either. Like, no. he's just like... Yeah, I agree. I like, think I it's a see, smile. It's a I smile. See, like, I can almost see, like, maybe if they did, like, a like a remake, a redesign of Superman, and then, like, I could see, like, okay, they're going for, like, a more, like, new-age modern look for him. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever, but, like, even so, like, I still feel like, like, Clark Kent, like, you know, Tom Welling looks like the classic version of Superman. Yeah, I thought, I thought, like, after the initial first scene you see him, he's like, you know, as Clark Kent on the farm with Lois, I was like, okay, I buy this heavily as Clark Kent, you know, farm boy with Lois. As Superman, it's a little bit different, like, I'm not as convinced, but just as Clark Kent with the glasses and in the farm outfit or whatever, like the flannel and everything, I was like, I, I think I, like I... season seven or eight. So hmm. uh, my bad. Oh no, I'm just saying. As... Yeah, I always have a really bad. Habit. I always feel so bad. I always have a bad habit of cutting people off. It's all right. It's all good. I'm just saying, as Clark Kent, I buy Tyler Hoechlin more. As Superman, still, it's like a little shaky. But I think as Clark Kent, when he was on the farm, it, it works well. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see it, you know, and funny enough, they use the same fucking set. Yeah. <laughs> it me off. I'm like, what is this shit? <laughs> but weren't you happy to see <laughs> it again? Weren't you like, oh, it's like nostalgia, kind of? Right, yeah. And I was like, yeah, are we going to see Tom Lang? And then no. Uh, it's like Harry, it's like Harry Potter. Potter. How dare you stand where he stood? <laughs> right. But, okay, so like, where, like, Tom Lang, right? It's like what I mean by like they get like the the heart of Superman is like Superman has this like innate sense of like justice and like there's no like gray area right. no, like mostly there's like never gray area like when it comes to him and like he always like does like what's right and stuff and like season like seven or eight maybe I think uh, he's talking to Oliver Queen and like uh, he like he really like is like, in the scope of Smallville, he's really a lot like Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And he's always, like, uh, almost like an eco-terrorist a little bit. Like, he's, like, always going around trying to, like, foil 
like wrecks his plans and tries like trying to blow up his like uh, plants and stuff hmm. like that. And like Clark like has a serious problem with it, and then like Oliver like really goes in on him and he's like, he's like, this is bullshit. He's like, he's like, not everyone could be like you, Clark. He's like, not everyone's so good. And like, he's like, uh, you have this like impossible expectation of people, and like. And like you're like like nobody can ever like live up to like your like sense of good like goodness, right? And like that like I was like, you know, I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Just like always thought it was like so great how they, especially captured that, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's it's... like how he's always like doing the correct thing. Right. It's an important lesson, uh, like for both sides, like to see both perspectives there as well. So, all right. Well, that was a big tangent. We have to get back to the Star Wars news now, guys. Sorry, but we'll get back to uh, yeah. we'll get back on the DC okay. kind of CW stuff. But you know, just because we're talking about right. like you know BVS and then you know they kind of uh, yeah, roller coaster there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, Bob Iger, you know CEO of Disney, admits that Disney may have rushed things with Star Wars. Um, he said, I just think uh, that we might have put a little too much in the marketplace too fast. I think the storytelling capabilities of the company are endless because of the talent we have at the company. And the talent we have at the company is better than it's ever been, in part because of the influx of people from Fox. Okay, thanks, Bob Iger. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it does It does seem a little rushed. I mean, Star Wars every year, it kind of... Star Wars used to be, like, an event because you go every three years and, like, well, you know the last time it happened, right? I mean, between the, those, it was like 30 years. So it, it's an event. It's like something that you might not ever get to experience again or you won't be able to experience for a long time. And now we just get them every year. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'll wait. <laughs> I, I think they really, so after they finish the saga, they really should take like realistically a four to five year break and really plot out what they're going to do with like the Star Wars universe. And it sucks because it's like, you know, as fans, you, you want it. You're, you're craving it. But it also builds this sense of, like, anticipation and this, like, hunger and, like, need to go and watch that next film that's coming. You know right. it's coming. You're not quite sure when it's coming, but it's coming. And I just think, like, they really need to take their time because, like, as of right now, that shit threw me out. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry, guys. It was like a really weird noise that just happened. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Jeez. Anywho, uh, I really think that they need to take their, their time in developing and plotting the, the, the story and where they're going to go with this next story. Because you can't just, in a way, they've always had the luxury of falling back on it. You know, where do we just go next with? the Skywalkers, you know? And to me, that's a luxury in, in a sense, you know? Yeah. Now they have to almost recreate a Star Wars universe. There are certain things that they added to give nods and things like that, but now it's going to get interesting because it's like, fuck you, what are they going to do next? And I think if they continue on their way of doing it one to two years apart, they're right. going to fail and they're going to lose a lot of fans. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay, well, what I'm saying is, what I, th I think the other thing, too, is, like, 
you know, with the Skywalker Saga, sure, it is every two years, so it's still, like, something that's, like, it's, I feel like that's okay, because we're in a world now where we want everything really fast, so people would be really irritated if they had to wait three years. But then when you interject it with movies like Rogue One and Solo, which I thought, I think universally, except for maybe, you know, some people, like, loved Rogue One, thought it was great, but a lot of people feel like Rogue One and Solo are pointless movies. Like, we didn't need that, you know? So why are they making movies that we don't really care about? Whereas fans, we want extended universe, Old Republic, whatever else. They're giving us things that we don't really need or care about that much. I think... In, in, in a way, they told us exactly what they're going to do. If, if I had to guess what they're going to do, they're going to explore that small. I think full. Yeah. Because what other point would there be of like adding him to that film? There, there's literally just no point to that. Well, and they set it up for a solo. Like, they want to do a new franchise with this young guy, Aaron Aldenreich, or whatever, as Han Solo. You know, and explore right. him more yeah. with Darth Maul more with. Uh... Well, maybe they don't even need to explore the Han story so much, as much as they need to. Uh, like you know, it's like Darth Maul has been a fan favorite for you know since he Right. So, I think I think the next logical, if you're just going off of context of the film, that's where they're going to go next. I think that's a mistake. Although I think they could do a really cool like one-off like kind of story with them, like yeah. if you're gonna do it, just keep it to a one-off story. Don't make it a saga. Don't do anything like extended with it. Right. Like, I think that would be fine. But even so, they should really take their time on it. Like I just want to see something new, something away from Skywalker. Even like anything to do with this time period. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Right. Well, and the other I want to go back to the older public because I find that stuff so much more interesting. Like the the whole religion aspect of you know the force and stuff like that yeah. is so much more compelling to me. That's what honestly, in a way, really sucked me into like the Dark Moon series. Right. On this podcast, if you guys have like listened to us on this on this podcast, uh, you guys will know that we're huge Dark Moon fans, and, and we've been pushing for them to to do something Dark Moon related. Right. Well, or even like both reasons, you know, that'd be great too. Right. And we know, um, uh, well, the rumor is that the Game of Thrones writers, their Star Wars films are going to be centered around Old Republic. So hopefully that's true. That's what I'm hoping, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, wanting something new from Star Wars because that's what Star Wars has always been. It's always been that kind of spectacle of new worlds and new characters and new aliens and and everything else and that's what kind of gets people invested in the story is all this kind of new stuff happening and with Darth Maul they've explored him a lot in the Clone Wars series even now in Star Wars Rebels I'm pretty sure he's in there like I don't know if we need a movie with Darth Maul right exactly I mean would it be cool yeah yeah it would be fucking bad <laughs> yeah definitely but like who would be his adversary you know what I mean like who would be taking him off Right, like, I mean, because everybody thought he was dead. I mean, it's point so they basically what would they be doing? They would just be doing a live action like uh, Clone Wars, right? Like, isn't that what they'd be doing? Um, no, not Clone Wars. Um, because I guess it would take place after Solo, so like somewhere be- before A New Hope, which is like. 30 years or some 20 years after oh, wait, I'm talking about like the, the, the live action of whatever the the damn cartoon was called 
Oh, of Clone Wars? I never watched it. Yeah. Isn't uh, he in that? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think so. I don't think they should worry about that or the rebels or anything like that. I think I think where they need to focus is, you know, like exploring new worlds with new sets of characters and and things that yeah. don't necessarily take place during the Empire or the Rebellion or anything like that. Like take us to new times, new th- new. We want new things, I think, with Star Wars. And the problem is, we're all just out of ideas, and people are like, "This is like it's like fan fan theory, fan fiction. Like it's like me and you hanging out, talking. Like, oh, dude, what do you think so and so was doing during the Clone Wars or whatever? You know, like, and then we like come up with fan fiction and stuff. Like people, that's like fun stuff we talk about, but that's not necessarily what you want in a movie, you know? Right. I mean, yeah, mate. I mean, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Let us know on Twitter. Would you guys be down for Darth Maul series or movie, like just one-off movie? Or you guys want to know it? I've had enough of them. Let's move on to something new, something fresh, you know? And what my main hope is, right? And that's why I really feel that, like, where, like, a Darth Bane series really plays strongly because I feel like it's, it's just not the same. It's not the same... As the Skywalker stuff, right? And I just feel like it's something different, and it and it just something that a lot of people love is lore, and it feeds into the lore of, I mean, what Yoda said, the rule of two in in Phantom Menace. I mean, you take that one line and you create this whole story based on how did we get to two Sith only? Like, how did that happen? And then you just do Darth Bane, and right? that's how it happened, you know? Right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, because well, back in the way ancient days. That's how it used to be, or that's how uh, uh, Bane discovered it was supposed to be. But basically, they used to be like the Jedi Order, and there used to be, you know, plenty of them. You know, there used to be a lot of Sith right. and stuff. And then, you know, after this expedition and uh, discovering ancient relics and stuff, Bane, you know, comes, you know, in the you know crosshair of the world, too. And so he ends up killing everyone, all the rest of the Sith, and then implements it. Right, and I mean... He, like, he starts it, you know, so... Yeah. Yep. There's so many good things that could come of, like, that film. Like, I mean, I would definitely be interested in about the even film. I don't know where else, because I haven't read any of those books, but I'm sure Christian would have a pretty good inclination of, like, where to take an old Republic story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can, you can obviously start... I mean, with the beginning maybe of Reven and and get into him as a Jedi before and then, you know, follow his whole story over two or three movies um, and everything else. So I I think there's a lot of places you can go with with Old Republic and and not just Reven and Malik and and, uh, Bane, but there's so many places you can go. And even further in the future with if you if they if they want to use legacy characters like the the kids of Luke Skywalker or the kids of Han Solo or whatever people might be more interested in those because at least it's a new story. It's going to a new place, you know? So. Well, I mean, they already have the kid of Han Solo. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know what you meant, though. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Um, Let's just go, like, it's completely generations away from all this shit. Right. Like, kind of the same rinse and repeat stories because, let's be honest, that's really what it was. Yeah, I mean, we argued for days about that, and then we finally kind of like, okay, we argue. Yeah, I mean, look at as far as the new Star Wars films go, when it comes to the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, 
Um, I enjoy them. I mean, obviously, I think there can be improvements, and I think you really don't like The Force Awakens, and you are kind of meh about The Last Jedi, right? Right, yeah. Um, well, well, I just, like, want to, like, see in, like... I just want to see, like, the world and the exploration. And that's one thing I, I really kind of underplayed about... Um, not The Force Awakens, but... Uh, Last Jedi? Yeah. Sorry, I'm really bad at it. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, okay. I, <laughs> yeah. Is when they were on that, that casino world, it's like the exploration and like the greater understanding of like what that world is all about. Right. You explore and experience something different. Yeah. And that's what every Star Wars film needs. But some of them fail because they just go into, like, they just, they're just flying into a vast world. They're doing one little hitch-off mission and leaving it. Right. You're not getting to know these worlds. And that's one thing the originals had. Even the the uh, prequels had. You know? Right. on his world and, like, the pod races and stuff, and really got a great, like, a great understanding of, like, scavenging and stuff like that. And then you have, like, uh, like, like Ewoks and things like that. And you have, uh, depending on, like, how you see Jar Jar Binks for him and his people. You know, you're exploring the world and, and they're painting these grand landscapes and stuff. But then, like, kind of like the newer films, except for the casino world, they did a great job with that. Right, but even it, that, like... It's rinse and repeat world. It, it felt like that was just it thrown was like, in, oh, hey, we're on a new planet. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, though, apparently uh, George Lucas also uh, is not a fan of these films. <laughs> um so there's this article that came out titled Bob Iger discusses George Lucas's different plans for Star Wars. And I was like, oh, that'll be interesting to see what, what George Lucas had planned. Unfortunately, that's not what the article is about at all. It's a misleading headline uh, where literally Bob Iger just says George Lucas had a different plan than what we did. And he didn't like what we did at all. Um, so he says um, uh, after they pitched the idea of The Force Awakens to George Lucas, Bob Iger says George immediately got upset as they began to describe the plot and it dawned on him that we weren't using one of the stories he submitted during the negotiations. The truth was Kathy, JJ, Allen, and I had discussed the direction in which the saga should go and we all agreed it wasn't what George had outlined. George knew we weren't contractually bound to anything but he thought that our buying the story treatments was a tac uh, tacit promise that we'd follow them and he was disappointed that his story was being discarded. Uh, and then he goes on to say, uh, Lucas felt disappointment, um, the first time he saw The Force Awakens, um, just prior to the global release, Kathy screened The Force Awakens for George, he didn't hide his disappointment, he said there's nothing new in each of the films in the original trilogy, it was important to him to present new worlds, new stories, new characters, and new technologies, and this one he said there weren't enough visual or technical leaps forward, he wasn't wrong, but he also wasn't appreciating the pressure we were under to give ardent fans a film that felt quaintless, uh, quintessentially Star Wars. We'd intentionally created a world that was visually and tonally connected to their earlier films to not stray too far from what people loved and expected, and George was criticizing us for the very thing we were trying to do. I think they're both right, to be honest. I think I would have loved to see George Lucas's concept, but I don't want George Lucas directing or writing Star Wars movies. I disagree. <laughs> I completely disagree. I think that... It, I, just, I, I don't respect people who don't have guts when it comes to storytelling. And 
the creative process and things like that. I, just, I can't respect people like that. You're basically telling me you're too much of a pussy and you care way too much about what everyone else thinks to actually try something different. Well, like, I think they dude, have to care what people think when, when you're a company that, you know, is trying to make money. Like, you have to kind of care what people think because you want to sell your product. I mean, yeah, to an extent. But you also have to have the creative freedom to be able to do what you want. Yeah. And like, we're, basically, they're like, we're going to basically remake remade the film, dude. <laughs> where, where I fall on it is I would have loved to see George Lucas's idea and concept of what he wanted to happen. I just don't want him to be the one who's writing and directing it because he did that with... Think about the prequel trilogy. He wrote and directed those movies. The story is amazing, in my opinion. The actual films are not as good as the story is, right? Some of the acting isn't that great. Some of the direction isn't that great. And, and you know, a lot of people like... But, did, did, but does that completely fall on him? Well, I mean, it's all his his work. I mean, he's the one writing and directing it. Whereas, you know, if you think of Empire Strikes Back, he didn't write or direct that movie. He he had input in it, but he didn't write or direct it. Same with Return of the Jedi. Um, he he had other people like Ivan Kirshner and people like that doing the writing and directing for him. It was his ideas, but their storytelling, and and I think that's what made them as good as they were. I think George Lucas is not a prolifically great writer or director, but his ideas are amazing. So I want to see his he ideas come to life. There. What was that? Watch your mouth. Hold oh. your tongue. Okay. <laughs> I think I think you can see it though. Like that's why people hate the prequels so much is because of the acting and some of these other things and and pointless subplots and pointless characters and things like that they don't like. But the story whoa, itself, whoa, whoa. the story of. Look, I know we enjoy those. Okay, well, like, there are great moments in those movies, and the overall story, I think, is one worth telling. And I think George Lucas's ideas and concept for those stories were great, but the actual execution didn't pay off as well. So if he had, if they had kept his ideas with J.J. Abrams doing the directing and someone else doing the writing, I think it would have been amazing still, or better even. But I don't need George. I don't need George Lucas writing and directing, and I don't think he had any interest in writing and directing. He just wanted his story told. Well, I mean, I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree there, but yeah. But I definitely agree. Like they should have probably did something different than what they did. This is where I'll agree with yeah. with Bob Iger because of what he says next. He says, in spite of Lucas's negative reactions. Um, they went through with their idea. Iger actually believes that J.J. achieved the near impossible in creating a bridge between the old and new Star Wars after all the new trilogies, box office success, which doesn't really matter. That's pointless. Um, on the other hand, though, it, it raised mixed reactions among longtime fans of the franchise, and we'll see you know, what happens with the last installment. I do think that J.J. Abrams did have a near impossible task because you, we all know Star Wars fans. They're, they, they hate everything. They're but th- people. Yeah, it's like... These are the people that hated The Force Awakens, and then The Last Jedi came out, and then they're like, oh, they ruined J.J.'s story from The Force Awakens. But you hated that movie. Why do the fuck do you care so much about that then? Like, if you hated J.J. Abrams' vision of the new Star Wars and, and what he was setting up, then why do you care that it didn't pay off in the next movie? Aren't you happy that they didn't go through with something you didn't enjoy? I don't get it, but... I, I mean, it, people are fickle. They want a certain thing, but then they get something else, and it's... Well, I don't know. I don't know. I can't 
to explain for other people. I'm just here to enjoy the movies. I thought that the similarities are what made the movies good, the first one. Because if you try too much new stuff, too much different stuff, people are going to say, well, it's not Star Wars. It's just J.J. Abrams doing another Star Trek or something. I don't know. Yeah. People are going to hate it no matter what, in my opinion. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But that's all the Star Wars news. Make sure you guys share your thoughts. If you would have loved to see George Lucas's ideas on screen, let us know because, you know, that would have been really cool. Um, On to some DC news, starting with the CW. Apparently, Arrow's Canaries might get a spinoff. According to The Hollywood Reporter, a female-fronted Arrow spinoff is in development at the CW Catherine McNamara would headline the series as Mia Smoke, the daughter of Green Arrow, and Felicity Smoke. I don't know who that character is. Apparently, she was in last season, and I haven't watched that season yet. Um, Katie Cassidy's Laurel Lance and Juliana Harkavay's Dinah Drake would also co-star in the series. Did you watch season seven of Arrow? I watched like two episodes or three episodes. Okay. I was like trailing me finishing the Flash, and I was just like emotionally mm. drained. So. Yeah, well, I mean, the only canary I ever cared about was Laurel's before they killed her. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like the, the doppelganger is just not annoying. Yeah, really annoying. Um, is this a series you're interested in at all? No, 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 no. Okay, moving on to the My good opinion, news. Uh, uh, um, you know, wait, hold on. Far, okay. like... Minus the Flash, they can just let the entire Arrowverse go. That is true. Again, I I agree just, because just, just, look, just I, I close thought, out the season and be done with it. Yeah, yeah. I I would say that the Flash is the the only one really right now worth keeping. Um, I agree. But on to the good news, the good good news, the best news you're gonna hear all day in Scott's mind. Uh, Smallville's Erica Durant and Tom Welling reunited for the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. Uh, that makes my dick hard. <laughs> you see the picture of them in front of the farm? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Tom Welling, if you guys didn't know, played Superman on Smallville, which you should all know. Erica Durant's played Lois Lane. They'll be returning. Which you should all know. Yes, for the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover December 8th this year on the CW. Uh, but the sad news, unfortunately, is Michael Rosenbaum will not be returning as Lex Luthor or any other character in the crossover. It's yeah. yeah. But it's okay. Like, I mean, obviously, the, the biggest hope would have been like Michael Rosenbaum, but I can accept it. Like, I mean, you're getting Tom well, Welling. That's all makes, you ever wanted, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it does make sense because Lex died. <laughs> Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. I mean, this show only ended like 10 years ago, and you're ruining it for me. (laughs) My bad, bro. Dude, I remember, like, watching, like, the final season of Smallville, like, when it, like, aired. Mm -hmm. I remember how depressed I was after when it ended. Yeah. In the way it ended, I was like, it's almost like the same way that, like, remember how Angel ended? Oh, yeah. Watching, right? Yeah, where they're yeah, like, where like the world is pretty much coming to an end, and they're like, all right, we're gonna fight, and then it ends. Right, and it's just like, yeah. like, oh well, um, <laughs> what happens next? You got canceled, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how small <laughs> mm. Um. So, 
Tom Welling is not the only Superman we're going to see in this crossover. I'm sure Tyler Hoechlin will be in there too. I don't know if that's confirmed. But Brandon Routh is returning as Superman for the Crisis on Infinite Earths. And he was in his little outfit. And it looks like they're doing Kingdom Come version of Superman with Brandon Routh. Uh, it looked good. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, it did look like that. Yeah, I thought it looked good as well. Uh, I didn't really care for Brandon Routh as Superman. The first time, I think he looked like Superman, but like, I don't yeah. really, I didn't really care for him as Superman. I didn't really care uh, for that movie think, because it I was think, done by Brian Singer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's all sweet in that movie. It's all like Disney's like cartridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, I think people uh, romanticize that I'm sure they're going to do some little awkward nod to everyone realizing that. He looks like Ray Palmer. Right. Well, I'm I mean, sure that's going to be a joke inside the show because they just do that 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 like awkward comedy yeah. sometimes. And I do think I do think Brandon Roth has great range when it comes to acting because even like before they made his character like like a funny comedic relief kind of character, like he was actually really good on Arrow, like as more of a serious you know character. So um, I think he has the chops for for that role. So. Um, so in addition, um, final bit of people added to this crossover. There's a whole bunch. I didn't include them all. I just included the big ones. Um, but this guy, I don't know if you know who he is, but I think you should know who he is. His name is Osric Chow. Um, he's going to be playing the new Adam in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, that Adam's name is Ryan Choi. If you guys watch Supernatural, Osric Chow is known for his recurring role as Prophet Kevin Tran. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> Kevin Tran. <laughs> ah. Oh, you know what's cool though? So I just went to Old Navy, mm-hmm. and I bought this jacket that kind of looks like the one that uh, the character Dean wears mm-hmm. in Supernatural. Yeah, I thought That's uh, that's the other thing. Um, the guy, what's his name? Not Jensen Ackles. Uh, 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 uh shit. Uh, Jared Padalecki, yep. right? Yeah. Jared Padalecki. Is that his name? Nope. Yeah, right. Sam. Jared Padalecki, right? He yeah. plays Sam on that show. He, he plays Sam. Yes, but he played uh, Dean in Gilmore Girls. Plays Dean. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's very confusing. Yeah, Jared Padalecki, <laughs> who plays Sam in Supernatural, has been cast in a remake of the show Walker Texas Ranger as the child of Walker. I don't know, but yeah, he's playing the new Walker wait, Texas wait, Ranger. Wait, who is? What? Wait, who is? Jared Padalecki is playing the new Walker, Texas Ranger. Interesting. They're, they're I would have the, the other show. way. <laughs> <If you> guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why even remake the show? I mean, there's no reason right? to. But, I mean, nobody's I mean, going to ever... People are going to watch that and be so angry with it. Yeah, because it's not like, Chuck you know, Norris. I mean, Chuck Norris is a god and stuff, yeah. so... Yeah, um, yeah, moving on to yeah. some uh, DCEU news. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, apparently, Jonah Hill, uh, his name is being floated around as potentially being cast as a villain in the Batman as either Riddler or Penguin. Neither is confirmed. I don't know. I mean, sure. What do you think of Jonah Hill as a villain? No. <laughs> All right, moving no. on. <laughs> um, no. What the fuck, no. <laughs> Because we don't want to, we don't want to destroy DC too much. So I'll just finish this with the last. I bit mean, of... I got nothing against the guy. Like I like Jonah Hill's movies and stuff. 
He's just not a serious guy. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but, like, what serious roles has he ever played in where he's not, like, some, like, like uh, drug-addicted, like, funny guy? Yeah. Honestly, I like, don't know. Wasn't he in Moneyball? Uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Not I don't know. I was in Wolf of Wall Street. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, we'll see if that comes true or not. Like, I, I mean, from the idea of getting to see him get his ass kicked by Batman, that'd be pretty cool, I guess. But other than that, I mean, the other thing is the Birds of Prey movie poster. Wow, that was a doozy. Um, what the fuck? My girlfriend was like, <laughs> my girlfriend was like, she's Yeah, yeah, I, I hated everything about that poster, but. We'll see what happens. Hopefully the movie's not complete garbage. I'm done with DC News. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, Sony. <clears throat> not the Spider-Man news yet, but but Sony uh, apparently wants to make a Madam Web film. Um, and they've added the Morbius screenwriters to it. And if you guys don't know who Madam Web is, that's because you probably don't read comics. Or because you didn't watch the Spider-Man show from the 90s. Or didn't play the video game in 2010, which she was in. But she doesn't deserve her own series or movie or anything else. So why are they doing this? Because they hate us. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not as bad as fucking Jackpot. Holy shit, man. Ugh. But, um... Like, Sony's the worst all over again. If you guys... Remember, like, they had redeemed themselves at some point? Like, when they gave us Spider-Man? Now they're just doing all the same shenanigans all over again. It's yeah. like, uh, they, they took them back and they're like, finally, we can move forward with all of our plans. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, luckily, uh, Sony decided to make a good choice and, um, they have restruck up their deal with Marvel. I'm pretty sure you and I both said they're going to make a deal happen. Um, imagine that there's too much money here for both sides to walk away. So, um, the deal with Marvel and Sony is not just, Hey guys, we're done. The, the deal's done. Um, whatever, and everybody's going to be all happy because Spider-Man's back in the MCU. That is true. Spider-Man is back in the MCU. He has one more solo film in this deal and one more other film where he'll be crossing over or whatever else, um, which is cool. We're happy for that, and it gives us more time to get more deals done, in my opinion, right? Right, yeah. I mean, that's just like the time. Like, this is just like an interim deal, if you think about it. It's like it's like when in sports they sign somebody to like a 10-day deal. Yeah, or like an extension or something. Yeah. So it's like, it's okay. You know, it's like, or like when, uh, like, uh, they, they pick up player options, you know, like for one year. Like, they'll, they'll basically commit to paying their salary for one year and then let them hit the agency. Right. This is actually what's happening for, yeah. like, people who are just not very, like, you know, savvy when it comes to, like, contracts and, like, a little confused. I'm not trying to downplay anybody's intelligence. I'm just, I'm just trying to help explain the situation. Right. And Bob Iger, you know, the guy, the Disney CEO, he's been talking again, you know, yeah. obviously. This guy is fucking annoying me. <laughs> um, I can't even shut his fucking mouth. Pretty much he, he <laughs> tweeted out, he made a tweet that says that this Spider-Man deal ends the Sony and Marvel feud. They're, it doesn't exist anymore. They're kosher. They're good. So hopefully that's true and we can move on from this. The deal also includes, uh, so if you guys didn't know before, um, Sony was paying for the full films, but they would only give Marvel 5% of the opening day or opening weekend box office. 
Now, in this new deal, right. Disney Plus merchandise. Yeah, Disney gets 25% of all box office, and they also contribute 25% to the film budget, which I don't think they have any problem with because the movies make a lot of money. So. <laughs> um, right, yeah, exactly. So the New Deal also... Like, you delusional fuck, so I thought you made a billion dollars on Spider-Man movies? No, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, the New Deal may also include what's called a shared detailed universe, which will connect the MCU films to Sony's Spider-Man adjacent films like Venom 2 and Morbius or whatever else. Um, Kevin Feige said in a statement, Spider-Man is a powerful icon and hero whose story crosses all ages and audiences around the globe. He also happens to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. Well, thanks, Kevin. So, um, Okay, that's actually really cool, though, because then it opens the door for, like, um, Marvel not to waste their time with all these pointless characters. Like, let Sony do all that legwork. Right. Essentially, like, basically what they're saying is, is they can now, uh, from what I'm understanding, unless I'm misunderstanding it, they can now essentially pull Tom Hardy into a movie. Either pull Tom Hardy into their into Marvel's movies, or allow our Spider-Man from the MCU to be pulled into Sony's universe as well. Right, and, like, make a film over it, you know? Right. Which is, like, great, because, you know, that, see, they not kind of approve, like, they, whatever deals they have going forward, that should be in the deal. <laughs> right. That right there, because out of, like, ten bad movies, they might strike gold with, like, one really great character. Right. Like, yeah. then it was a much better film than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it wasn't great. But, like, it, it was, was much better yeah. than I anticipated. We, we expected that movie to be actual garbage. So, yeah, it wasn't bad. I thought it was going to be a zero. Yeah. And like, it's at least a six, it was I like think. Great. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. I mean, and Tom Holland, obviously, and Zendaya are very happy about the news. Uh, Tom Holland tweeted, like, the Wolf on Wall Street meme where he's, like, shouting and then all these people are cheering. And Zendaya posted, like, a right. picture of Spider-Man dancing. So they're both very happy about the news. John Watts, the director, has not signed on to direct the third Spider-Man film yet, but they think it's looking good that he's going to actually sign on to do the movie. Um, And that's all this news, except there's a twist. There's a twist to this news, because if you guys remember, right, if you remember, last time we talked about this, when the deal fell through and everything else and everybody's losing their mind, who had to go and peek her ugly little head and start talking shit? If it wasn't wasn't Stan Lee's daughter... It was. Um, our friend Nathan, shout out to Nathan, my dude. Um, he's been listening to our podcast. He keeps up with us. And he's like, hey, you guys are talking shit about Stanley's daughter. Well, check out this article. And he sent me this article, right? And it's a doozy. Let me tell you something. <laughs> um, so, Stan, so if you guys don't know, right, Stanley's, all of his intellectual property is owned by a company called POW Entertainment. It's Stanley's uh, company. Um, and they literally own the rights to any of his intellectual property. And Stanley's daughter has filed a lawsuit in an attempt to reclaim Stanley's intellectual property, right? And this is what Pow Entertainment came out and said. This is great. I love their statement. It's my favorite statement I've ever read anywhere ever. That's my Donald Trump impersonation, but no, it's really good. Um, this is what they said. 
It is truly unfortunate that Stanley's name has to be involved in these continued frivolous actions which are truly nothing more than family drama. J.C. Lee and others have unsuccessfully brought these very same arguments to court in multiple cases over 20 years, unfortunately, even leveling these arguments against her father when he was still alive. In those prior cases, the court system ruled in Powell's favor, confirming without question Powell is the legal and proper owner of these rights. We are more than confident that this case will be promptly disposed of by the courts. What is truly saddening for those at Powell, many of whom have have been Stan's closest confidants, friends, and business associates for so many years, is to see his estranged daughter using Stan's name in such a brazen and transparent effort to gain media attention and extract some financial settlement. The reality is that Stan Lee himself left specific instructions, including legal declarations, specifying that J.C. Lee is not to have any control, say, claim, right, or interest in any uh, or to the intellectual property uh, that Stan left behind. Stan's own instructions dictate that J.C. Lee is not to have any involvement whatsoever in the commercial development of Stan's intellectual property. Powell is now and always has been Stan Lee's company, and his legacy will forever be the way he wanted it to be. Dude. This is the best this statement I've ever heard. Dude, like with Jelly, that is just the greatest thing ever. Like, and to be honest, what they're saying is in a very nice way or very professional way the same shit we said on our podcast. Like, she's estranged. She stole money from him. She's really a piece of shit of a human being. All she wants is money. And her taking Sony's side is just bullshit for her to try to get money out of it. And that's the truth of the matter. Yep. So, um, do you have any other thoughts on this? Um, or? Uh... No, I mean, dude, I agree with 100%. This is exactly what we said when all this news came out and we were going off. And we're like, this lady is literally just money-grabbing, dude. She doesn't care about her father. She is a disgusting, despicable person, dude. And, like, oh, man, it just, like, really is so upsetting, dude. That it's like, see, it was only a matter of time before we seen her do some really shady shit like this. And then for it to come out that it's been known... That, like, she's estranged, like, she does not love her father, dude. She just loves what her father's name does for her, dude. She is nothing more than a gold digger, bro. Like, straight up, in, like, the worst sort of fashion, too. Like, to sit there and use your dad's name when he, like, your dad is who he was, dude, is, like, just the most disgusting thing I've ever witnessed. <laughs> it's just, like... Right. You gotta be such a lowly piece of shit human to do something like that. And like I told you, it's just like you gotta be like the worst kind of person to do some shit like that, dude. This is like you didn't care about your dad. You you don't care about what's happening with his property. You're just signing. You're just taking a side because first off, you already know Marvel's not gonna do shit for you. You know Disney's gonna do shit for you. So what do you do? It was a tactical move that failed when she was fighting, you know, taking sides of Sony. She thought, well, I take Sony's side by publicly endorse them, publicly say, oh, what a great job you've done with my, my father's intellectual properties and all these things. Then there's no doubt I'll get a payday out of it. 
Right. If, if, if I sit here and make myself look like the martyr and stuff like that, when I take my, my case to court, they're going to they're gonna rule in my favor for sure. They're going to see that I care. You don't care, and nobody fell for your bullshit. Right. She's just trying to get something out of this, and that's that's what's sad about it, you know. But, um, again, thank you to Nathan for sending that to me. That's uh, it's a really interesting article, and uh, thanks for the support, as always, you know. That uh, means a lot. So, um, Thanks, bud. Yeah. And, we, you know, before we podcasted, I posted, you know, to see if anybody had any questions. And only one guy, like, commented, like, a picture of a poster. Um, and it's just a fan-made poster. He just wanted our thoughts on it. And honestly, it's just meh. I mean, I don't I mean, really it's, care. It's fan-made. I mean, it looks cool, but too bad that will never happen. Yeah, it's good. It's good Photoshop work. I mean, they threw it together nicely, but it's, I don't know, meaningless. Uh, uh, this I, is... I, I knew everybody, but exactly who was, like, the person behind the poster? I think it's supposed to be Galactus. Um... Yeah, I wasn't too sure who that was. Yeah, it's Galactus. But I'm pretty sure the guy to the left is Adam Warlock, which is he's, a lot of things are very feasible because it's already characters established. But then it's like we don't know if we're going to get a Wolverine in the MCU. I'm sure someday, yes. But I'm pretty sure haven't they already came out and said that they're not going to really do like Nova or they don't have plans for it yet. Right. I mean, and on top of that, I mean, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> it's it's good CGI work because like the Shang Chi they threw in and the Wolverine are like from other media and like Nova and stuff and then they have like the movie version of the characters and stuff like the Photoshop work is good but it's just one of those things like any like I, I hate talking about rumors and things like that just because like they could just be meaningless like and especially like fan made uh-huh. stuff like that it's just like it, there's nothing to it in my opinion so but um thank you for you know being engaged with us and sending us stuff like anybody who has ever, any ever anything they want to, um, to talk about or whatever because i've had people send me stuff like that and be like oh dude check this out this is so cool and i'm like but it's not real it's like fan made and they're like how do you know and stuff so it's like it's good to be able to debunk like the old slates and stuff like that like that people are just think are legit because someone made it and posted it online you know right yeah so yeah i mean i mean yeah i understand we live in the technology age and people can photoshop very you know like the photoshop skills are very good uh they're gonna make everything look like photosetic and they're gonna make they're gonna put all the right you know emblems on there and they're gonna really trick you and be wow this is a real movie poster or or people just <laughs> don't like sadly, it's not. right people just don't like do research because like a lot of times like there will be articles that say like uh, what Marvel slate could look like, and then it'll include like a like them a picture they threw together with like ideas for movies, and then if you just Google image search Marvel slate, that'll come up, but it's attached to an article saying what it could be, not what it is, and then people are like, oh, this is real, well, this is so cool, and it's like, no, it wasn't real, it was never real. The article didn't even say it's real, but okay, so right, yeah, yeah, no, that I mean. Thumbs up to whichever graphic designer designed that poster. Cause job well done. It looked fantastic. Right. And the concept behind it, I'm, I'm behind that. But right. we have to keep in mind that it's not real. So let's not play into it. I mean, as far as like fan concepts go, that's cool. But that's all it is. It's just a fan concept. Right. Yeah. So 
that's everything, guys, we have for you. And thank you for sticking with us. Um, hopefully you learned something or, you know, you have something you can share with someone else. And please let your friends know about our podcast. It's very helpful to us. Um, you know, just tell one person about it and hopefully they tell one person and we could take over the world. It's it's a real possibility. So um, thank you guys for listening and staying tuned. Check us out on social media at Nerdy Boys Review on Twitter and Instagram, Nerdy Boys Reviews on Facebook. And do you have anything else, my friend? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we are your hosts. I'm Nerdy Boy Christian. And as always, we have one message for you, and that is a stay nerdy, boys. Stay nerdy, boys. Dun, 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 dun.